We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Right now at T-Mobile, get an awesome iPhone XR on us when you bring your family over and trade in your old device. Because whether you have mom, dad, or a friend on your mind, it's a gift so bold and brilliant, you'll want to keep it for yourself. Most importantly, it's on us in six vibrant colors. Plus, with unlimited everything from T-Mobile, the awesome iPhone XR will have everyone snapping, streaming, and sharing to their heart's content all year long. But don't wait. It's only for a limited time. So visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE and get iPhone XR on us. Congested customers using more than 50 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds due to prioritization. Video at 480p via 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers plus tax. Qualifying trade-in, port-in service, and finance agreement required. Contact us before canceling our credit stop and remaining balance due. 64 gigs, zero down, plus 31.25 per month for 24 months. Pre-credit price 749.99, zero percent APR. One offer per account. Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Command Center podcast, home of the biggest edge in Dynasty fantasy football. My name is Travis May, and I'm joined by my co-host, Curtis Patrick. We are the Dynasty and Debbie coordinators for RotoViz. And uh, right about now, you know, Dynasty Leagues are starting up left and right. I'm sure some of you are actually in the middle of one or two startups uh, right now. Uh, New Leagues start up for, I guess, the next few months now maybe you just finished one maybe you actually still have some rookie drafts to go I know I definitely do Uh, this week's episode we're going to be diving into and starting a startup uh, series we're going to do a little mini series where we kind of tackle some startup strategies some some things that we do uh, right after we we, uh, we start our leagues and during 
uh, just some adjustments we make, how to value some players, some strategies that we apply to, you know, all of our leagues. But uh, before we dive too far in, I, I don't even know, Curtis, have you avoided the itch this year so far or did you hop into some new leagues already? Uh, I haven't hopped any uh, new leagues quite yet, Travis. Um, I actually did quit a league. Um, I put out a little uh, Twitter thread uh, on that the other day. Um, I have some criteria for deciding, you know, do I want to stay? Do I want to go? I've, I've quit very few leagues um, ever. But as my portfolio grows and you, everyone's kind of doing that time equation, is it worth the investment? Kind of just looking at what's the buy-in, what's the enjoyment level, what's the engagement level of the league? Is it is it actually there? So um, I, you know, sorted through a little bit of the chaff, but now ready to continue expanding that portfolio. We're going to be playing some leagues on FFPC platform this year. Um, I've got a couple startups playing there, actually. Um, the Dynasty Command Center Slack has really been growing uh, the interest on our FFPC channel, and it's kind of just got me itching uh, to join some more leagues in that format. And so speaking of the FFPC, I mean, they've been around 10 years now, and uh, they've never had a league close. So that's, that's another thing that I like. I mean, that engagement level is always going to be there. Um, they're always going to fill those orphans. So um, I am going to do a couple higher dollar buy-ins. I'm a little nervous about that. They've got like $77 leagues, but I'm, I'm thinking about doing a couple that are a little bit higher, Travis. So I might have to hit you up like when I'm on the clock, just make sure I'm not making any mistakes, any rash <laughs> mistakes. But uh, it, it feels, it, you know, it just feels like there's going to be a little bit more skin in the game and, and I'm excited about that. So um, if, if you like me, you know, are interested in the FFPC format or um, just a different commissioner service. Maybe you've been playing on other platforms uh, for the majority of your dynasty career. Go to myffpc.com. Check out what they've got on the menu. Uh, and as a reminder, all new subscribers to the Dynasty Command Center Slack channel, you get a $35 league credit that you can apply to your first dynasty league startup at the $77 buy-in level or higher. As always, that's just a ridiculously sweet deal. I might have to add a couple leagues over there just to uh, take advantage of our own deal. But <laughs> there are so many ways that you can approach uh, startup drafts. And uh, we wanted to get some listener questions. And before we dive into a couple of those uh, listener questions, I, am, I, I know all the time, uh, because there's so many different formats, so many different types of leagues, uh, one of the questions I always get are there, are there some hard, fast rules that you find yourself always holding yourself to uh, regardless of the format? Whether that's you know adjust you know just something simple like adjusting for league premiums, is it all youth? Are you win now? So so Curtis, are there some rules that you find yourself always abiding by in leagues? That that's such a complex question. We could probably do a whole <laughs> mini series just probably. on the different ways the different ways that I could answer that. Um, but I guess maybe at a high level, and maybe for episode one here is you got you have to do the research. I mean, my main rule is I want to understand the nuances of the scoring system. Um, lineup settings, how many players at each position am I required to start? Or is it a highly flexible league where, you know, it's like start one at each position and then you got five or six flex. Um, that's kind of a, a growing, a growing platform. So you really need to understand what is the lineup that I'm actually rolling out there each week? Because not only should that impact, um, probably not the first few rounds of your draft because um, we're just looking for for raw production and in, in, in an age formula there. But as you get into the middle rounds of your draft, it certainly would impact how you would um, start uh, filling out the rest of your roster. And there's a trickle effect to the trade value, the player value 
uh, in your league at that point based off of the premium scoring or the positional scarcity. Um, so you just got to start with that research. Um, when it comes to actually executing in a draft, if it's a snake draft, I'm going to be trading. Um, I'm going to be trading up. I'm going to be trading back. I'm going to be looking to collect players in tiers. I'm going to be very aware of where my tier breaks are, holding to my board, not worried about positional runs in other areas because at the startup draft, I'm not concerned about uh, my starting lineup for September. You know, it's May, it's June. I, I want to I want to collect roster value. I want to get the guys that I believe in. I got three months to, to solve any problems I've got with my starting lineup, okay? If it's an auction, I'm setting the tone, okay? You can't, you're not really trading in the auction. Maybe you can trade for dollars. You, you, sometimes there's settings where you can trade picks for dollars, those types of things, but I'm setting the tone. I'm going to get a player out there that I want. I'm going to get him early before the market is established, and I'm going to drive that room. Um, so that's, that's kind of my mentality in, in each of those different formats. I mean, any, anything that you would want to add or anything that differs for you? Uh, not major differences. Yeah, I, I definitely don't try to position myself with having to have the perfect starting lineup. Uh, I really just want to gather enough players that I think, regardless of what happens over the summer, because, you know, I might have a, a strong starting lineup right now, but then one of my studs before the start, you know season even starts uh, is down. And so I just want to have a bunch of valuable assets that I, I know will hold their value over the next two, three years easy uh, because I, I, if I need to reposition myself and, and switch out of my running back or switch out of uh, one of my top wide receivers because of, uh, you know, uh, they're injured or, or something happens, I need to be able to do that and re reshuffle my team around. Or even if I don't even have a tight end, <laughs> uh, besides maybe some trash option I got late and I need to kind of add a better option there, I, I can do that because I, I went with uh, basically players that are just going to hold value. So oftentimes what that looks like is uh, I'm kind of go, going younger earlier um, than, uh, than maybe a lot of people who want to win. Now, I want to win now, but I also want to have some value insulation. So I'll, I'll find myself kind of taking a bunch of rookies in the, in the teen rounds just as some, uh, some value plays there. But it really just depends on uh, the draft room, just not, not having, you know, you can get take lock on players. I, I don't want to get draft lock and just go in and knowing, Hey, this is my strategy. I'm holding to it no matter what is happening in the draft. Uh, because w with certain formats, sometimes, you know, you find even in, in like super flex quarterback values are all over the place. So you might've thought you could get quarterback a and round B, but you're totally off because the, the the they completely went too early or the value dropped late. You have to kind of read the room. Same with auctions. You kind of can go in with the strategy, go in with a budget, but you have to adjust uh, based off of the room and your leagues individually. Uh, so understanding what market value is and, and what you can do with that, but but not overdoing it with what market is versus actually adjusting for your league. But, you know, speaking of auctions, the, the first listener question we had was actually uh, about uh, kind of a, a multiple copy auction league with a whole bunch of premiums. And I guess the super flex points per carry points per reception tight end premium. You know, he, he actually asked uh, it was actually uh, Jake Anderson. He was actually asking if 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 that was the new standard. I'm not sure if that's the new standard. I think maybe for Dynasty Twitter and uh, riders leagues and things that might be the new standard but i know that uh, kind of standard ppr is still the most popular format 
But uh, when, with approaching a multiple copy auction league with a bunch of premiums like that, how, how would that differ for you from like just a standard PPR auction or something like that? Man, well, that that's a very specific question. So um, I, I know multiple copy auction leagues are on the rise and uh, Twitter. And so just, just yeah. for the listeners, the, the, the reason you would have a multiple copy auction um, as part of a startup would be, you know, it's it's not this isn't a 12 team league. This is a 24 team or a 36 or, so, you know, it, it could even be, um, you know, a, a based off of 10 team divisions. But the, the idea here is that there'd be different divisions. Um, all of the players are contained within that division. But then at the end of the year in the playoffs, you're going to play teams that might have some of the same players as you. So it's essentially multiple leagues as part of a, a, a grander league. Um, that's the the reason for the multiple uh, the multiple copies out there. Y- usually, uh, it, you could also have a, a, just a wild format where like all the teams are in the in, in the same division and there's there's no breakup, but you can't own multiple copies of the same player. Um, so you so for example, I can't draft or or buy Saquon Barkley and then go trade for another copy of him. Um, but it does mean that I have multiple options to go trade for a player uh, that I might want if I want to acquire him after the auction. So in terms of the the auction startup strategy with multiple copies, um, this is very much, very, very much a league-specific, um, room-specific dynamic. Um, typically in an auction, what you will find, um, especially if you've not played uh, with many of these people before, is there's like the first 5% of an auction, there's usually a discount on players. If you can get elite players out there early, People have their whole budget available, and it, it it is very scary to go ahead and give up thirty percent of your cap on a player, on an elite player, yeah. when no one has spent any money yet. No one wants to overspend, and and so it's a there's a, there's a a fear bias um, that presents an opportunity for you to go get some of these players. You know, case in point, um, I even have seen this in redraft leagues, like last year. Um, and, and this was in a, a professional level re, redraft league that we did at the Hall of Fame uh, in Canton. The first time around the table with nominations, I left the table with Todd Gurley and Antonio Brown before Ooh. before anyone any <laughs> other elite player any other elite players had been purchased, and, and it ended up um, looking like a, a, a pretty significant discount. So being aggressive early can help. Multiple multiple copy auction leagues. This can even be more so the case. Well, I'm going to wait because I think I can get a copy of this guy cheaper. What I typically find, copies one and four um, or one and three in some cases will be the cheapest. I do not like to buy copy two of nearly any player uh, unless it is toward the end of an auction. But but again, it depends on how many copies are available. But I, I think maybe if you're, if you're going to boil this down to some general advice, I really like to buy the first and last copies of players because going early – a lot of money available. People don't want to be gone with that money. Going late, maybe you've saved up some of these reserves. As long as enough other people haven't saved up reserves to fight you on that last copy, that's also a way to to generate a discount. Yeah, I think you know that's that's a that's one of my my favorite approaches. Is just go early and late. <laughs> like uh, you know, keep a bunch of players on the board mid draft that you want to kind of snag late. You can kind of force a slower draft. You know, depending on the setup. Um, you're just kind of up, up bidding by one at a time to kind of drag out some of the players you want to kind of get later, uh, second copies of, even if they get put on the board earlier than you'd want them to. So there's, there's plenty of ways to approach that. 
uh, just in general with auction formats. But really, with all these premiums versus the standard PPR, just know the rules. <laughs> that's that's my best uh, best advice because there's so many so many different formats and so many different even like starting roster requirements for the same question can completely. Uh, change it like uh, one of my leagues I have going on right now we don't even really have to start a tight end if we don't want to but uh, you know in, in some leagues I've actually had a league where it's tight end premium but you don't have to start a tight end so it's like it, 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 oh, it incentivize, wow. yeah so it incentivizes yeah, that's that's unique that would certainly offer some different uh different approaches for sure yeah because like it, it's great if you if you can snag you know the real truly tight end premium guys like Zach Ertz, but it's it's really hard to kind of contrast it. Really, you, you have to just put them all in the same line, whereas normally you compare within a position when you don't even have to start a tight end, when you don't even have to start any specific order of flex players. You know, that can really change things. So just fully understanding all the ins and outs of your format can can completely change how your player value chart for a uh, an auction. It can completely change your rankings uh, for a startup draft. So standard PPR I don't really even play those formats anymore but uh, the market because there's so many so much average draft position data out there on what standard PPR should the value should be that you're going to be able to find what is a value just by kind of using uh, popular market information that's available out there at several different sources and kind of uh, finding uh value players just dropping that they probably shouldn't be it's a little bit easier to find value like that in standard ppr whereas uh, with the premiums i'm always going to look at my league mates and kind of under, try to understand how they're going to value the premium so if i believe they're going to overvalue based on how they're drafting early on if i believe they're overvaluing the premium that's going to affect my later draft picks and my later um auction nominations because if I think I can manipulate how much my league mates are valuing a tight end position or valuing the running back position or if it's a super flex valuing the quarterback position I'm going to do my best to uh, lead their hand and, uh, and and try to start a run if I'm in a normal kind of snake auction or I'm going to try or snake draft and, and I'm probably going to try to put a bunch of players that I think they're going to overvalue on the board if it's an auction so it's all about kind of trying to, like Curtis said before, leading the room if you, if you can uh, and, and making the draft come to you rather than just reacting uh, to what's out there. But a uh, popular question, I, I mentioned the, the average draft position data. And the popular, qu- popular question I always get is how do we balance our own rankings versus average draft position data and and Curtis you spoke to that a little bit when you kind of talked about kind of holding to your rankings but is that really kind of how you hold to your selections throughout or or do you know do you you adjust just knowing what the consensus is um yeah this this is a good question it is one of the most popular questions that people ask Um, one of the best things that you can do um, as part of your research is grab the dynasty adp tools at rotoviz.com because we can harvest this data from FFPC and from My Fantasy League. You can actually dial in to specific types of settings within My Fantasy League, which has always been a problem in this community. Not anymore. Not thanks to our ADP tools designed by uh, the one and only Mike Beers. You can get some really specific ADP data across many, many leagues. Uh, we're not talking a handful of leagues. We're talking dozens of leagues and over the course of 30 days. So 
understanding um, the the most current ADP trends, we also list the last five picks in addition to you know whatever the time period. So you set a 30-day ADP uh, query. You can display that 30 days of ADP, but then we're also going to list, well, what what's the ADP for the last five picks of this player? So you can understand what's really happening up to the moment. Um, but to relate that to what's going on with rankings, um, my rankings are more important to me than ADP. I use ADP to decide when might I have to pull the trigger on this player, but every draft's going to be different. Um, and, and every every set of owners that I might be drafting against um, could, could also change when I would need to pull the trigger on a player. So I like to think of ADP almost as brackets around when I might need to draft a player. And I'm going to move those brackets probably by about a round and a half because I'm not going to miss on my guy just because this is four picks earlier than his ADP. I mean, that's ridiculous. You will leave that draft feeling horrible because you tried to, uh, you, you tried to lock in some sort of value that's really not even there. Okay. So uh, I'm sticking to my board using ADP just as a general reference to make sure I'm not, you know, way early. I might have a player ranked as my wide receiver 18 and by ADP, he's wide receiver 35. So do I need to take him as the 18th receiver off the board? No. But I'm probably going to take him as like the 25th receiver off the board. I'm not going to miss him uh, just because there's some dyssynchrony between how I rank players and how the community values them. So, um, Travis, I've talked to you enough to know that you, you've pretty much got the same approach there. Yeah, and for me, uh, I mean, I have my own rankings uh, oftentimes that are out there published somewhere. But I'll also kind of make, in preparation for a draft, I'll also kind of make adjusted rankings where I actually kind of uh, wait the um, where where players are going in average draft position based on uh, the premiums versus my own rankings, and I and sometimes if I do have time, I'll kind of do a little bit of waiting with uh, standard deviation and trying to adjust where I, I believe players will go and find that that sweet spot of where I think if I have him like you said, a player ranked 18th, but he's you know consensus going 27th, you know where it makes sense based on the average draft position and the clusters of players that go at that same position in a draft uh, about where basically a pick range uh, where I'll actually have to go. If I get really nerdy, I'll use like confidence intervals and stuff like that, but I don't want to get into the, the weeds with that right now. But Travis, we're trying to build an audience here. Okay. Sorry. I'll just I'll stop. I'll stop. Easy. But no, Easy. Long story short, long story short is I will, I will adjust uh, and make a new set of rankings uh, for myself um, based on, a combination of my own rankings and the format and the league that I'm going into. So if there are players that you're targeting specifically that you have to have on your, on your roster, look long and hard at the average draft position data and, and kind of where you really have them already and uh, try to find some middle ground. Uh, that's, that's my best uh, advice when, when kind of trying to integrate your own rankings with ADP, stick to your rankings, but you have to find like a middle ground and almost re-rank uh, that's kind of how I approach things, but uh, let's let's. Uh, I, I know you were, you were talking about the FFPC for Dynasty, but I know we've got another partner that we're excited to tell our listeners about too. Oh yeah, and and, and listeners of of the show, dedicated listeners, this will not be new for you, but you may not have taken advantage yet. This has got to be your year to begin your Yahoo DFS journey. Okay, the Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports platform is unlike what you will see from the other big box brands. Their GPP contests have max entry limits of 10 contests per player. 
and their quick match feature pairs up users with similar experience and win loss records to ensure you're going to head you're going to have head to head matchups with people of similar skill level and past success. The lobby is always full of Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and my personal favorite this time of year, PGA contest. You can try your hand at Yahoo DFS with $25 free. It's on us. Just use our promo code viz25 with your first deposit. If you want to play some PGA, you can listen to my new PGA pod with Matt Jones. Uh, Started that about two weeks ago. It's been smashing. Great advice from Matt. And we keep it to about 10 minutes. So if you don't like to read uh, and you just want to listen to something real quick and throw a couple lineups in, it is for you. Go to yahoo.com slash daily fantasy today and start your journey. You could be the next big winner. Travis, I'm going to toss this question to you and then I got to run. We got another listener question here. And, and I think this relates to finding value in startups uh, and, and moving from year one competition uh, in, in favor of, of the long play here. Okay. So the question's worded a little bit weird, but I think we talked about this pre-show. I think we know what the, what the listeners are getting at here. And he says, would you use a startup to acquire a bunch of 2020 picks due to the high production or projected production of that year's class? So, I mean, the industry is talking about 2020 is this holy grail class. I mean, we kind of do this with every class until we beat them up. I'm guessing this, this listener is talking about the implied immediate production you could receive from that. So it's, it's basically, um, we know, and Brian Malone talks a lot about this in Dynasty Command Center, uh, one of probably the best um, experts to, to listen to on this topic, but the discount of a draft pick during a startup. So would you punt the 2019 picks or even punt some players in your startup in favor of acquiring multiple handfuls of 2020 picks? And how do you think that would help you build your team? Yeah, that's that's a super popular question uh, every single year, I feel like, uh, because there's so much value to be had in, in acquiring the, the next year's picks, even going beyond 2020, but going into 2021 in some cases, uh, because there's such a discount now uh, trying to get those picks uh, in, in a startup. Because a lot of people, they have their favorite 2019 players that the uh, 2019 rookies that they want to acquire. A lot of people have their favorite players in a startup they have to have. And so they'll try to trade up for, and you're like, well, okay, give me your 2020 picks. Uh, and so uh, especially with next year with the implication that 2020 could be an absolutely stacked uh, draft class, there's a, a lot of reason to get excited about that. Um, and really, and we'll probably dive into that a little bit more as we get into some startup strategy uh, and, and coming uh, pods on this startup series. But shortly, I mean, re- really, I'm trying to do that. I've never left. And I think Brian Malone, when we had him on, uh, he kind of said something similar earlier, like maybe January, February. But, he, you know, I never leave a draft uh, thinking, man, I really wish I had more future draft picks. I don't let myself find find myself uh, thinking, man, I really shouldn't have moved off that. I really shouldn't have moved off this. I, I, I really try to set myself up in a way that I can trade back. I really do try to acquire uh, some future value. I don't try to sell the farm for a bunch of future picks because really in any draft class, regardless of how good it is, uh, the hit rates on rookies is just, it's just not good for the most part. I mean, outside of the top end of round one, most years, even in the best classes, at the end of round one, you're looking at players that are essentially a coin flip to be a hit. You're looking at players that were end of day two, 
type players uh, that are in situations that aren't perfect. And I think that regardless of what we might think of 2020, we shouldn't be overvaluing it to the point where we're trading uh, a stud for that that future value. Uh, but I, I definitely I definitely target future picks. I definitely tar- I target uh, 2020, 2021. Really, right now in a startup, this is when you can value the uh, 2021 picks for basically nothing, especially when there's a class ahead of it that's overhyped. Uh, a couple of years back, the 2019 class was being uh, hyped basically to the equivalent of the 2020 class. And uh, I was acquiring 2020 picks because I wanted to just, I, I didn't, you, obviously there's less information to know out there, but you have to understand that the discount on two years out is almost, I feel like double the discount on uh, getting players next year. So while a bunch of people are already targeting 2020 picks, I'm probably going to mid rounds, look for some trade backs and add a 2020 first or 2021 first add a 2021 second or two here and there uh, where people are like, yeah, I'll, I'll reacquire that value later. And, and you might, there's plenty of time, but I am going to try to acquire the future, future value when I can uh, try to stay competitive this year, but I am moving off of 2019 almost completely. So if somebody wants me to give up my 2020 or 2019, uh, picks for 2020 or 2019 rookies for 2020 picks. I'm all over that because uh, there's really not much to like about this year's class. I found myself moving out of the first round quite a bit, but we can get into more of that here as well. We also had another couple of listener questions on uh, Juju, uh, whether he was a wide receiver one, uh, some value questions on ADP uh, and things like that that we're going to dive into more in uh, the coming episodes, as, as I said earlier, we are doing a startup kind of mini series. So if uh, we didn't get to your question, I know some of you even hopped into uh, the DMs and just asked a couple questions. We'll get to those in upcoming weeks. Uh, but uh, for now, I mean, startup season is complicated. We know that. Uh, and I hope this episode was helpful. Uh, but uh, keep in mind, I know a lot of you guys are still uh, doing rookie drafts. And you can still pick up your copy of our rookie guide. Uh, over at uh, the Dynasty Command Center, DynastyCommandCenter.com. And also, while you're there, check out our premium Slack chat. Uh, Curtis and I and uh, really our whole team are just enjoying the uh, off-season banter because there's nonstop startup talk right now, nonstop rookie draft talk right now, and, and really getting into some Debbie drafts too. We just had a Debbie draft mock in our Slack here recently. It's just a lot of fun, great community, so check that out. Uh, but uh, Curtis... Had to hop off, but uh, I'm sure he'll be listening later. So thanks again for joining me this week. Uh, and listeners, you can find Curtis on Twitter at CPatrickNFL. I'm Travis May at FF underscore Travis M. And thanks again, as always, just for joining us for another Dynasty Command Center podcast. But until next time, keep living that dynasty life. the grill master you've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop and as you lift that first forkful to your mouth you savor the moment to get amazing offers during the mercedes-benz summer event like the 2019 c-class sedan and glc suv the perfect recipes of driving performance plus you can enjoy six months of sirius xm all access included the mercedes-benz summer event now serving limited time offers on a select lineup of vehicles offers end september 3rd mercedes-benz the best or nothing
They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz summer event, like the 2019 C-Class sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz summer event. Now serving limited time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.